Hey, everybody. Thanks for coming back to the Playful Podcast. Today, we've got a sort of a three-section or a three-part episode that is all about, in aggregate, about strategic planning. So take a listen to some both prescriptive and metaphorical and hopefully all inspiring suggestions about how to do good strategic planning. Enjoy. You're listening to The Playful Podcast with Christine Mitchie. Let's jump right in. Hey there, Playful family. It's Christine here. I am going to do something a little different today. I'm going to talk about work. Of course, we mostly talk about play or work in the context of play or play in the context of work. But I want to say a little bit about Impactful, my company, and the strategic planning work that we do because I think strategic consulting, which is one of the ways we describe our work, strategic consulting for change makers and change organizations, and strategic plans, which are part of that deliverable, is those are just kind of words that are thrown around. And I think mostly people think, and I'll say I have most of my career thought that that ends up being the proverbial back in the day was actual binder with your plan in it that goes on a shelf and you renew it and rewrite it every three to five years and you engage a consultant like myself to do that, but not much happens in between. And that is so lame, right? That is a waste of time and money and it's sort of a charade. So I've been guilty and have been, because of my guilt, working out my guilt by doing this work differently at Impactful. And so I want to share with you some thoughts I have about strategic plans for change organizations. I would say I've got six secrets and three of them are, I'd say, three truths and three are three tactics to make up the six total. So the three truths I think of strategic planning are number one, the world plans for us. So all the best laid plans, right, and and those sorts of ideas have been never more true or more clear to us since the last three years in the pandemic, right? Obviously, whatever strategic plans any organization of any type, big corporate to small scrappy nonprofit, any plans people had were completely thrown out the window and we had to adjust. There are small examples of that all the time. The pandemic is just a huge example of that. So number one, the world plans for us. Number two, failing fast, which is a popular concept that first came out of Silicon Valley in the early 2000s. There was actually a manifesto for software development that was all about failing fast. So failing fast is great, but only if it's not about the failing, it's about the learning and the iterating. So it's good to have a nimble mindset, but it's not about failing. It's about what you learn and what you pick up from that and do next. And number three, Linear thinking, which a strategic plan sort of reinforces and codifies, linear thinking can be faulty and actually systemically biased. I think we are more aware in the sector than ever after the last few years, and especially the awakening and awareness around the Black Lives Matter summer and all of the things that have happened since then and need to keep happening in this racial reckoning, as some have called it, is that some of the things we just take for granted are actually, you know, white-centered or male-centered, and they aren't necessarily human-centered, and they don't take into account all the different lived experience of the people in an organization, even in its leadership, especially amongst its team members and partners. So this idea that we need to have this list of points and a project plan that emanates from the strategic plan may or may not be so depending on the team and the group, the community, 
that you're working with. So the three truths are the world plans for us. Failing fast is not the thing. It's about the iterating and learning. And that linear thinking needs to be challenged because it may not be right for your organization or your certain you know moment or project you're working on. The three tactics that go with those three truths would be related. So I would say that because of those first three truths, I would focus on nine, 12, and say 40-week planning blueprints rather than three, five, and 10-year strategic plans. I just don't think that's relevant anymore. And that's why they end up on shelves because people are like, well, we had no idea this and this was going to happen. So pulling that binder down with the plan on it is just kind of a waste of time. So let's just acknowledge that in advance and do these shorter term strategy planning documents or blueprints. And so a nine week, which takes you around into February, a 12 week plan that'll take you to somewhere around the middle of March, and then a 40 week plan, which will take you to early October. So you think about, you've got two checkpoints in the first quarter You've got time to really settle in and do work, and then you have time to check in towards the end of the year, but before the year is through. I'll tell you, I use a strategy like this when I do coaching with CEOs and other team members within change organizations. If we're on a coaching schedule, we usually do a call Monday afternoon or Tuesday morning, not first thing Monday, but after a little bit of, got a little bit of your feet on the ground for the week, but still early enough in the week to make plans and feel confident you'll be able to execute on them. So either a Monday afternoon or a Tuesday morning coaching call. And then we check in again on Thursday afternoon or Friday morning. Similarly, the week is close to finished, but not so close to the end that you can't adjust, make changes, or do something that you didn't get to that really mattered to you at the beginning of the week or has become important during the week. So I like that 9, 12, and 40-week cadence, and you can certainly create templates that you can use, and that allows for those three truths, the world planning for us, the failing is not as important as iterating, and then, and then challenging linear thinking. Number two, know what your ballast is. I'm not a mariner by any stretch, but I understand that back in the day, it was probably some sort of cargo, and today in big container ships, for example... There is a mechanism that lets water in and out of the hull of the ship, and that water is let in and out depending on the roughness of the seas and gives the ship the ability to sail calmly and smoothly regardless of the conditions. If there's anybody out there who knows about boats and ships more than me and I got any of that wrong, please hit me up and tell me what I need to know better. But I love the imagery and I hope it's kind of right. (laughs) because what's the ballast in your organization? Is it that your CEO has great support around him, a great executive leadership team that is operating smoothly? Is your ballast that your whole team, everyone in the organization knows that they're trusted and their needs are being met? For example, I worked with an organization recently that knew that its well-being of its staff was in a tenuous position. And so one of the things they did with some unrestricted grant money is they invested in mental health services available to everybody full-time and professional development classes and courses. They also indulged, I'll say, the the whole group in a really wonderful retreat that was mostly just time to, to play together and not necessarily to accomplish anything, quote unquote, because they knew that their ballast was reliant on the staff feeling resilient and supported through having a chance to take a little break together. So what's your ballast? 
And then know your milestones. Where are you on your path? If you're doing this 9, 12, and 40-week journey, where are you along that way? And since you know you've got milestones coming up, what can you tinker with so that by the time you get to the next actual pause and milestone and reflection, you'll know you'll have the information you need to make changes you want to make. I'm a runner and I've run many marathons, I think seven, and I <laughs> I know how important the mile markers are. They can be kind of brutal on a marathon because you've run nine miles and you still have to run, what's the math, 19? No, 17? Oh, I should have done my math before I came on the podcast. I'll say if you run 10, you still need to run 16 more. So the mile markers are important because you can kind of think about it. Are you expending too much energy and how do you want to plan out the rest of your race slash project slash year? So build in to go over the three tactics again, attached to the three truths. I'd say nine, 12 and 40 week blueprints or roadmaps are really awesome. Know your ballast. What do you need to make sure your ship sails steadily along? And who do you need to attend to? How do you take care of yourselves and your organization by making sure the ballast is the right amount of ballast given the situation and you're always ready to add more as needed? And then know your milestones. Where are you? What have you built in a way to measure where you are along the path? So there are some thoughts about strategic plans, strategic planning. I'll pop on another time. I have a Another metaphor, not a maritime metaphor or a running one this time, but it is about a road trip. So I'll tell you more in the next one about how I think strategic plans can, if well done, mimic a really well-planned road trip across the country. Until then, bye. And now coming up, part two. Hey there, friends. Back with part two on a conversation around strategic planning. In the first episode of this conversation, I talked about three truths and three tactics. I promised that where I had there some maritime and running metaphors, although they might be analogies, I always get confused on that. Bear with me. On this one, I would be talking about how a good strategic plan or a good strategic roadmap is just that, like planning a road trip across the country. So let me try this out with y'all. So first of all, you need a vision, right? Your organization needs a vision and a strategic plan outlines that. So the road trip metaphor here would be, where are you headed? Where are you starting? So are you going from the West Coast to the East Coast? Okay. Are you starting in San Diego, Los Angeles, Portland, Oregon? Where are you starting and where are you heading? Are you going to Rhode Island? Are you going to Savannah, Georgia? Are you going to New York City? So, you know, first start out saying we want to go cross country, then say to yourselves, well, where are we starting and where are we headed? And then you start looking at the routes. Those of you who've driven across the country know there's probably an infinite number of ways, but generally speaking, people talk about kind of the higher, the middle, and the lower way across, depending on which interstate you take for the majority of the trip. So know your starting point and plan your destination. That's similar to an organization. Where are we today and where are we headed? How do we want to be different when we get there? There's the vision. Number two, what are your values for the organization and for this journey you're going to embark on, the strategic planning period, this period when you're saying we're going to be different at the end? So what are the values that are going to guide us? On a road trip, those might include things like, are you going to share driving responsibilities? I'm definitely assuming this is a trip with multiple people. Are you going to share driving responsibilities? Who'll get to change and choose the music or the podcast or the audiobooks? How does the group feel about speeding and rest stops? You know, do you need to get group consensus before you stop? Or you know, does everyone need to agree? Or is it majority rule? What are your values around that? 
What are the values around budgeting? Are you going to stop as little as possible, both because you want to get there fast and you want to save money on hotels? Or do you want to take a leisurely time as one of the values that you want to see the country and get to know its people and cultures and flavors? And then if that's your value, you can still then say, what's our other value to do that with a high or a low budget? We want to do that as cheaply as possible. We really want to treat ourselves. So those are all values that can guide the road trip. So with an organization, similarly, what are your values that that you believe you've all agreed to? And you definitely want to spend time on this exercise as you set out on or embark on some plan, because the strategic plan isn't just the document. It must be, or you shouldn't do one. It must be a shared desire to change the organization or grow it in a certain way with a, a different organization with a different amount and ideally more impact when you get there than when you started. So what are the values that are going to guide that? Then there's what are the focus areas, which is what do you be focusing on to help you along the way? How will you keep up your spirit's energy? So based on some of those values above, how will you know that you're adhering to those along the way? If you get halfway and you decide you want to speed up or slow down, say you get to Texas and you decide, well, that took way longer than we expected. We really need to jam now. And then you speed up for the second half of the trip. How will you get consensus as a group that you want to do that? And how will you say, well, let's look back at what our original goals were and how do we focus on that? What are the objectives? And sometimes the focus areas and objectives can be a little bit different, even more practical than the focus areas. And then again, more practical than the values. So do you know why you set out and remind yourselves as you ponder your objectives? Because you'll get along the way and you may question the journey. So you'll want to say, well, what did we intend to do? Well, we definitely wanted to get to Savannah, Georgia to see the beautiful art. We definitely wanted to get to Washington, D.C. and have time on the Capitol to do some lobbying. And looking at the calendar, we're not going to make it there in time before they go on recess if we don't speed up. Like, you'll remember at different points along the way why you set out, and it may trump what you've learned along the way just because you want to adhere back to that original goal and objective. Then you need to know who's in charge of what, right? So what are the projects that make up your plan and how do you delegate responsibility? On a road trip, it might be who's in charge of picking hotels or how has that work been divided up? Who's in charge of picking restaurants or rest stops? Who's paying for gas or how are you going to share that responsibility? Everyone should know. And if there's somebody who kind of was the rallier for the whole trip in the first place, does that person have some additional responsibility to keep the spirits up of the group along the way and make sure that you're adhering to the goal? Or is it kind of a shared responsibility? So who's in charge of what? And you certainly know when you're delegating projects in an organization, you want to have somebody who's got ultimate responsibility for each of the big components of a plan. And everyone knows who they can turn to when they hit a bump in the road, ha ha, pun intended, or need some guidance. And you probably have heard the corporate term KPIs, key performance indexes. I'd say, can you boil down your road trip to a bunch of check markable lists and quantifiable measures? We will be in Texas by Wednesday. We will listen to 10 audiobooks. Perhaps there's a family component to the trip. We will visit Cousin Jane in Phoenix, Aunt Gladys in Oklahoma, and we will spend three days with Otis in Louisville. You know, What do you want to say at the beginning is going to really matter that you'll be able to check it off? Think about things you can say yes or no that did or didn't happen. 
we will spend less than a thousand dollars on hotels and gas, or just the opposite. We will only stay in five star hotels. We will avoid junk food, and we will try and eat in vegan restaurants at least half the places we stay. Good luck. So make sure you have measurements that are yes, no, quantifiable, or quantifiable with some sort of a number. And then finally, round back to vision. You know, did you get where you wanted to go in the way and the time that you hoped? And that goes back to what was our vision for this trip? What did we learn and how did we adjust the vision along the way? So I hope that that road trip metaphor unlocked a little bit for you some of the ways you can think about this because there's kind of no right or wrong answers, right? There's just what you've decided and what you've decided as a group and or as the leader and then brought the group along. So if you decide in five years, we want to be serving five times as many people, or in two years, we want to be giving away twice as much money. What is your nine, 12 and 40 week plan to move towards that this year, right? What do you need to do? What's your ballast to sustain the organization so you can sail that direction or fuel the car and keep it moving in that direction? I'm sharing some of the tactics from the previous podcast about the the 9, 12, and 40-week plans, the ballast of your ship or the thing that keeps your vehicle steady moving forward. And then number three, making sure that you know what your milestones are. And literally on a road trip, that's pretty easy to contemplate. Like how much further? Are we there yet, dad? How much further do you have to go? And who's in charge of tracking that progress and reporting back to the rest of the passengers where you are and what you need to do to either speed up, slow down, or adjust. Okay. Love to hear from you all about this and tell me about some road trips you've taken because that could really be a fun way to build the play back into the conversation. Thanks. Bye. Next up, part three on Playful's take on strategic planning. I've done a few conversations and episodes about strategic plans, strategic planning for change makers. And I have been really thinking since those conversations and sharing with you more about play in strategic planning. So I'm just listening to Masters of Scale, which is Reed Hoffman's podcast. He is the founder of LinkedIn, among other accolades and accomplishments. And he's interviewing this guy, God, I'm forgetting his name, but Droga5 is the name of his ad agency, which was bought by Accenture and has been named the agency of the year worldwide like 20 times. This guy got his start. He grew up in, in Australia, not even in the outback, but in some part of Australia that he describes as having snow and wombats. So very rural. And he said he became playful and had to use his mind as a a toy box from early in his life because they lived remote from so many things. And funny that he made a career in advertising because he never watched TV or anything like that in his early life. But I'm going to steal this because I think it fits wonderfully with the metaphor that I was using around roadmaps and road trips as a way to think about how to do planning for change organizations and make it fun. So I was talking about taking a road trip and which way across the country do you want to go? And where do you want to stop? And are you prioritizing speed or experiences? What's your budget, et cetera, as a way to think about how to do strategic planning. And this conversation between Reed Hoffman and the Droga guy is, and apologies, I'll post exactly who he is because that's not very nice. This conversation 
he makes the distinction between a ladder and a jungle gym. Both are ways to travel and travel upward, but a ladder is linear by definition, and there's only one way up, and all you can do is simply, if you want to pause on your way up, you can pause, but there's no other directions to go, and how limiting that is. And I would say that I think that strategic planning in our society, in our corporate and organizational cultures, is always about, or has often been about, ladders. And a jungle gym, you can still go from the ground upward, and you can still go from a point A to a point B, but there are, just like that trip across country, there are numerous ways across and up. And what it does is gives you chances to pause along the way and decide, do you want to go left or right or diagonal? Do you want to go down before you go up again? It reminds me, over the weekend, I was in Joshua Tree National Park here in the deserts of Southern California, and bouldering is a thing different than rock climbing because you're not necessarily trying to get up in a line of sorts. You're more just looking for the next boulder to hop onto. You'll likely get higher than when you started, but that isn't the goal. So this idea of jungle gym strategic planning is something I am going to talk to my team and impactful about. And I think it's what we're doing and suggesting, but I want to incorporate this metaphor a bit more because I think it's really playful and instructive at the same time. So keep an eye on the pod and on the impactfulinc.com website, and we'll put up some more information about this. I'll probably throw some articles and posts on LinkedIn as well, but this is a new thought and I'm appreciating you taking a listen. Stay tuned for Double Scoop, two delicious insights from today's episode. Okay, folks, well, the fun part about a three-part episode is that we get a triple scoop at the end, not just a double scoop. So imagine you're standing at the counter at the ice cream shop and you're trying to decide which three flavors you want to have. (laughs) I love that. You know, I'm all about the ice cream. So the triple scoop today on strategic planning, I'll point out these three highlights that really sum it all up for us. And they're all metaphors. The first one is about the ballast, that idea that in your organization, you may have at different times, but you need to always have some ballast to your ship, which is this thing that undergirds and provides foundation and stability for the organization. And the well-being of the people in the organization, I believe, is the primary ballast you need. And Achieving that through different means is an ongoing journey and really important so the ship can sail steadily through all kinds of seas. Second metaphor or second scoop has to do about the road trip suggestion and thinking about when you're doing strategic planning that you're thinking about it like a road trip and you are aware that you might have the destination intact and have that stay the same but your journey and the path you take may differ and allowing yourself that flexibility which builds into the third scoop which is around the jungle versus the ladder metaphor so you're thinking you're going up you're not necessarily going up in a straight line but you're allowing four of the flexibility to move laterally diagonally etc as you move towards your goal and then there's a prescriptive piece to the whole episode around strategic planning and our advice and counsel around how to do good planning is that you look at 9 12 and 40 week increments versus one three and five year plans for example because one of the first truths we talk about in the first section is that the world plans for us so 
if you're in advance kind of owning up to the fact that things are going to change and probably go differently than you expected, but you've built in 9, 12, and 40-week pause moments, I believe you will never have a plan that is just on a shelf and not used, but you will have a plan that is dog-eared and fingerprinted for your organization because you're using it constantly because it's meant to be a document that's out in front of you every day. So thanks for hanging out. Thanks for having three scoops and... Please let us know if we can be of help in the strategic planning work you're doing. Thank you for listening to The Playful Podcast with Christine Mitchie. You can find Christine on LinkedIn or learn more about her work with changemakers worldwide at impactfulinc.com. That's impactful with two L's, I-N-C.com. And you can find all episodes of The Playful Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcast content. See you next time.